Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 83, Pure and Delightsome. So my husband has been gone this past week for a training for his job. He used to travel quite a bit when the kids were younger, and it was definitely more challenging then than it is now. However, there's still a stepping up, I feel. I feel like I have to fill in for him, fill in for the ease that he brings into our life. And it's definitely up to me to keep the Hickenlooper boat afloat when he's gone. Jed definitely brings ease to my tendency to lean into the frantic. I mean, I do add to the family because I can keep up with the frantic, but he gives us permission to slow down. In general, he brings an added safety and stability to us emotionally and mentally. The kids and I, though, we managed. Homework got done, meals were prepared and cleaned up, laundry cleaned, sorted and mostly put away and the kids got to scouts and to young men's and I to young women's again all of my usual but with Jed gone this week in the Christmas season in full swing I tried to intentionally add some Christmas fun into the day I think to try and make up for him being gone and it was just simple stuff I can't do anything really complicated. Otherwise, I then get all perfectionistic. So I try and keep it simple. So we watched Light the World videos from YouTube right before evening prayer, bedtime prayer. We set up the nativity. We watched a fun Christmas movie one night. And and we even went to see Christmas lights with hot chocolate in hand. All the while, we were listening to Christmas music. Just filling in that peace that we could all benefit from. Now I have some Christmas favorites when it comes to songs. I love Bing Crosby. He brings into my heart a sentimentality that I normally don't have for things. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I'm just not very sentimental. But Bing Crosby's voice brings Christmas of the past right back to me, right to the present of when my grandparents were around. So he is always on. Another song that I love and I make sure that I play frequently is a song by John Denver. And when I was little, I remember him having a Christmas special with the Muppets. (laughs) Does anyone remember that? I don't know. That's where you get the Muppets singing the 12 days of Christmas and Miss Piggy during the song keeps interrupting and then shining a whole spotlight onto her part when she sings five gold rings. I had the record and I would close the door of my bedroom when I was little and I would listen to the music on my record player and then I would act out the special that I had seen on TV, the best that I could remember while singing and dancing. But there is a song from that album called Noel Christmas Eve 1913 and it is a beautiful song that my mind can easily envision the picture that the song is creating, I can place myself in the dark, searching and attempting to follow the distant music and bells that are celebrating Christ and relating it 
to be just like the music of the angels of old that the shepherds heard. It speaks of the comfort that the Lord brings to us as we seek him. There are several more songs that I enjoy. Of course, the Hallelujah Chorus. Mary, did you know? I love that one. There's several songs from the Piano Guys, which I'm sure you've heard of. And then also, I really like a few from David Archuleta. One year, I was fortunate enough to go see him with the Tabernacle Choir of Temple Square. That was so fun. But another specific song is sung by Kenny Rogers (laughs) called A Soldier's King. And full disclosure, I actually heard the song first sung by Donny Osmond. But Donny doesn't have his song on Spotify, so I listened to Kenny's version. Come on, Donny. I actually like your version better. You need to get it on Spotify. Anyways, I listened to this song, which reminds us of our individual experience here on earth. Some are born to greatness and some are born to fall. Some are bound to be forgotten like they never lived at all. However, no matter what we accomplish or don't, we were all born to know him and stand before his light like the soldier who found his king tonight. Jesus Christ is the king to all of us. Go listen to those songs. Let me know if you like them. I do. Each one of us one day will stand before the Lord and our gift to him will be our love for him and the way we followed him. When we had all the options in the world, our love will be that we chose him. A few nights ago, as we drove around in the park, looking at the Christmas lights and sipping our hot chocolate while listening to these songs, I felt satisfied. And truthfully, that is a feeling that sometimes eludes me. I'm always thinking about what's next and I'm always making goals and I don't take a lot of time to feel satisfied. In that moment, As we were in the car together, mom and five children, we were being kinder to one another, a little more tolerable than we were in hours before. The status of the house, the homework still not done, the sassy words that had been said earlier, for a moment, all of those things just didn't matter. In that moment, remembering our Savior and having the lights dance before our eyes helped us enjoy the spirit of Christmas the spirit of our Lord, it felt pure and it felt delightsome. And again, I felt satisfied. It's no coincidence that reflecting on our Lord brings to each of our hearts the experience that I experienced with my children. It is the blessing of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that blessing is contained in 2 Nephi chapter 30. Nephi addresses his people, And now behold, my beloved brethren. He warns them to not get cocky. And that's not a word he uses. But I think that's the message. I think that's essentially what he's saying. He tells them to not start thinking that they are more righteous than the Gentiles. Remember, Nephi just finished talking a lot about the Gentiles. In fact, we broke it down in several different episodes in order to be able to cover it all. But in a nutshell, he warned of the pride of the Gentiles, their conceit of them building up many churches that were not unto the Lord. 
They would say that he isn't a God of miracles. In fact, he's given his power away. They are so arrogant to the poor, and they look to get the praise of the world and to get gain for themselves. Remember, priestcraft. We talked about that. There will be some Gentiles who will not desire any additional words from God and who will fall into the deceptions and the distractions of the adversary. Still, Nephi says to his brethren, don't think you're better than the Gentiles. He says, for behold, except ye shall keep the commandments of God, ye shall all likewise perish. Nephi teaches his brethren that as many of the Gentiles as will repent are the covenant people of the Lord. So if you have never understood how you can be a part of the house of Israel, yet not be a direct descendant. If you get stuck on seeing yourself as a Gentile, this scripture verse, verse 2, is one you should mark and keep in mind. The Lord requires us to make covenants and continue repenting, and then each one of us, in fact, each child of God, can be a part of the covenant people of the Lord. He isn't a respecter of persons, remember? Nephi then gives his people hope and also I think a little dose of humbling probably because think about it right now they are a protected group of people yes they have the Lamanites that are a scourge to them but they have been separated and given so much knowledge of God their prophet and teachers speak to God and receive instructions by angels but eventually they're going to experience darkness because of their sins. After Nephi prophesies as to the struggle that the Gentiles will face, Nephi prophesies that it will be the Gentiles who will bring the Book of Mormon to his seed. The Book of Mormon will teach the seed of Lehi about where they came from. They came from Jerusalem. The Book of Mormon will teach them of who their ancestors are, They are descendants of the house of Israel. And the Book of Mormon will restore the knowledge of not only who their fathers were, but of their father's relationship with Jesus Christ. The Book of Mormon will restore to them their knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then shall they rejoice, for they shall know that it is a blessing unto them from the hand of God. And their scales of darkness shall begin to fall from their eyes, and many generations shall not pass away among them, save they shall be a pure and a delightsome people. And there is your promise. The Book of Mormon and the restoration to us of the knowledge of Jesus Christ has the power, you know it does, to cause you to rejoice. It has the power to stir up such feelings within us because it is a blessing. It is a gift from the hand of God to us, written for us, not from the hand of Joseph Smith, but from the hand of God it came. And this blessing, the restoration of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, has the power to cause the scales of darkness to fall from our eyes so that we can become pure and delightsome, and so that our future generations can become pure and delightsome. The definition of pure means to not be mixed with any other matter, 
free from dust and dirt and taint. Pure is free from harshness or roughness and being in tune. Learning about our Savior, thinking about Him, learning how to be like Him, how to think like Him, and love like Him purifies us. It gets all that other matter out of us, all that dust and dirt and taint that the adversary puts in. And the Savior has the ability to clean us up. It directly impacts the natural man and begins to change us. Reading the scriptures and learning to apply them softens the harshness and smooths out the roughness within us. That is our blessing, as much as it is the promised blessing contained within Nephi's prophecy for his seed. It is our blessing as well. The promise of becoming a delightsome people is the promise of joy. We have the potential to become a delightsome or a joy-filled people as we gain more and more knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. As we make covenants and then repent as we seek the Christ-like way. For he is the restorer of purity and delight. This purifying is going to come in several different ways. Nephi reminds us that the Lord will gather scattered Israel and they will be restored unto him. They will believe in him. All nations, kindreds, tongues, and people will then benefit from his work. The Lord will righteously judge and reprove with equity. And just a side note or a tangent, I find interesting the words that Nephi used here. When it comes to the final judgment, I have found that we all have different perceptions of what that's going to entail. I find it interesting that those perceptions can be heavily based on our own personal experiences with authority. There is a wide spectrum of degrees of severity that people imagine or anticipate that the judgment will be like. So I've been trying to pay better attention to what the scriptures say about the judgment while keeping in mind my attributes and not giving away my worth. Because I think sometimes we do that. We We forget who we are and what his judgment of us would be like. Nephi uses the word reprove, which means to reprimand, a severe or a formal reproof. That doesn't sound fun. If Nephi wouldn't have added the word equity, I might quiver at the thought of a judgment of reproof. But equity means fair. And in order to humanize or personalize or imagine what that would be like, I think of my daughter. When I am disciplining my daughter who is gentle, apologetic, who truly desires to be good and to do her best, and is accepting of the counsel that her father and I give her, it would be unfair of me to reprove her harshly. That instead... It becomes my moment to teach her and to correct with righteousness and exercise my belief or my faith in her. So when Nephi adds, 
for righteousness is the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness is the girdle of his reins. This testifies to me of the Lord's mercy that he will show those who are trying the best they can. And as I get older, I realize that there are a lot of people who are trying the best they can. With the Lord's coming, everything will be set right again. The earth will be renewed and even the animals will have no more separation, meaning the predatory animals will get along with the more docile creatures of God. There will no longer be room for hurt or destruction in the Lord's holy mountain. No more secrets, no more works of darkness. Everything sealed will be unsealed and all things will be made known unto the children of men. And finally, Satan will have no more power over the hearts of men for a long time. Pure, free from dust and dirt and taint, and not mixed with other matter, and free from the harshness and the roughness, so that each one of us will be able to be in tune with the Lord. What a delight! Often the sentiment expressed at this time of year The desire in so many people's hearts is for peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Whether they realize it or not, the blessings that come with the gaining knowledge of the Lord is what they crave. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. His coming is what their souls are waiting and looking forward to. Because he's the only one who can make that huge hope fulfilled. It's the hope that grows within us as we think more upon the Savior than we normally do. Our hope in purity grows and then we get a taste of delight and we love it. Nephi's promise is what the world craves. Truthfully, Christmas has not always been joyful to me. It has been stressful for many years, with a lot of expectations that are placed on it. I felt like I wasn't doing Christmas right. I didn't know how to keep Christ in Christmas and also do all the festivities and manage the frantic atmosphere that the Christmas season brings, especially when money is tight and family is away and I was tired with raising little children, and my perfectionism was on high alert. I even remember thinking that the expectation to think of Jesus was so pressured and forced that I resented all the messages to think of Jesus more. I interpreted that, that I wasn't doing enough, that I wasn't being Christ-like enough, Despite my efforts during the other 11 months of the year to draw near unto him, the pressure was on during this 12th month of the year. And after such a description, some of you might think, well, I don't think you were being Christ-like enough. Well, that wasn't the problem. That's not what was going on inside of me. It had more to do with fear than a lack of desire to follow my Savior. A fear that I wasn't enough, that I was failing and a fear that my life was not as it should be. But I'm grateful that I stuck it out. I'm grateful that I didn't add extra meaning onto what I was experiencing. It was just fear. 
It was just a period of time in which life was challenging. And I didn't have my head in the game, so to speak. And do you know what got me through those moments? It was my devotion to Jesus the other 11 months of the year. It was my daily reading, pondering, and praying that built a delight in me that now grows during this time of year when I add music and lights to my seeking. What I like about verse 6 is the promise that many generations shall not pass away among them, save they shall be a pure and a delightsome people. To me, this blesses my efforts today that I make for me personally so that I will be a blessing to my children and to future posterity. And that is why I work with young women on up. That is why I choose to gather women and together we become sister scriptorians to help influence future generations. Because if the mama can set the example, if the daughter of God can keep her covenants, then future generations will have the chance to become pure and delightsome. All of this is a blessing to you and to me from the hand of God. And I do rejoice. Sister Scriptorians, find time to think of Christ and experience the purity and the delight that His Spirit will bring to you as you learn of Him. Allow your family to witness your joy. Allow them to take part in your learning. And for fun, add your favorite Christmas songs and the sparkle of lights to it this month. Make it a great day.